0: All right. We're going to be continuing our series on Francis Chan's letters to the church uh, tonight. We're going to be looking and looking into the, some of the topics he brings up in the chapter called "The Gang." Find out why he called it that. Uh, but first, we're going to we're going to start out with a, a word of prayer, and then we'll watch the video. Okay, please bow with me, Father in heaven, as we humbly come before you. We thank you so much for this day, for this time that we have to gather as a congregation of believers to, to dive into your word, to reflect, and hopefully open our hearts to the teaching that you have uh, prepared for us. Father, I pray that you will uh, just give us a spirit of love and devotion to you, to your word, and to each other. It's in your son's most holy and precious name that we pray. Amen.
1: Down, most obvious of all the chapters, most obviously biblical. Um, you've got a command, love one another, that is mentioned over 50 times. Over 50 times, we are told, commanded, remember his sacred command over and over and over again. So not only is it in scripture, but it's repeated so often. I want you to love one another. Uh, So if, if, if the church is nothing else, it's got to be a group of people, of men and women, who love each other deeply. I mean, here's a sacred command of God that he's saying over and over and over again. And in, in John, he makes it so clear in uh, John thirteen, thirty four. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is Jesus right before he's dying. Right before he goes to the cross, right before he institutes communion, the Lord's Supper for the first time. He's explaining to them, look, here's my new command. I want you to love each other. I'm leaving this earth. And here's the command I give you. I want you to love one another. Just as I've loved you. I'm about to show you how much I love you. And what I want you to do in return is to love one another that way. That's why I remember he had just washed their feet. You know, and Peter's like, no, 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 don't do that. No, I'm going to wash your feet. And now, here's here's what I want you to do. He doesn't say, come wash my feet. I want you to wash each other's feet. I want you to do this for one another now. And now I'm about to go to the cross for you. And that's what I want you to do for one another. Like, he wanted us to be known. He says, this is how the people are going to know. That you're my disciples is if you have love for one another. And what drives me crazy is can you think of one church, one in America that's known for loving each other. Like that is their reputation. That is what they're known for. We're known for so many different things and yet he's saying, this is what I ordered. This is what I wanted. I I mean, as a dad of, of seven children, I imagine if I were, if the Lord were to take me home today and I were to leave this earth, what would I want of my kids? You know, I sure hope they would be looking out for each other. Like, uh, I'm trying to raise them in such a way that if I'm not there, it's, it's not a big deal. The older ones will take care of the younger ones. They're going to care for each other. They're going to work through this life together and they're going to hold each other to the commands of God and keep each other on that path. They're going to live like that family. That's God's desire. That's His heart. When we think, remember, what we exist for is what pleases him most. Like, God, what would please you the most? Hopefully you gathered this week, that in your gathering right now, you came with that mindset. Okay, it's not, okay, you guys make me feel better. I, this is about me. I, I hope I leave with something. No, but that the goal of your gathering today is, okay, we want him pleased. We want to just do whatever would make him happiest, whatever pleases him most. Well, if he says something over 50 times, you think that's a good place to start? Love each other. Like if God had it his way, if he could have anything, he would want us so caring for each other's needs. He he wouldn't want these boundaries and these limits of what we would give to one another. He wants us to truly act like his kids. It's what any dad wants, but a heavenly father even more so. And so you have to think through, are we living this out? And, and before you get into all of the thoughts of, ooh, how much that may be a sacrifice on your part, let's just remember that God's commands lead to life. doesn't give these commands because he's trying to ruin your life he says when the church is really filled with people who love each other just as christ loved us it's gonna bring so much life to you and i know we we think the opposite well if i come thinking about me and my thoughts then i'll leave happiest that's just not true It's when you come seeking to love other people. And other people, this is the way the church was meant to be. When we come to love each other deeply and care for each other's needs, that's when we're going to leave fulfilled. And so, I guess the thought I want to leave with you today, before you you get into your discussion, is, can you just make sure that if you're disobedient to this, if your gathering, your group of people, your church, is not known, like known amongst unbelievers, like whoa, look at the way they care. If it's not, then change something. This is one of those lessons that's so easy to get convicted about and then change nothing. But in your groups today, get concrete, get tangible. Share feelings with each other. Share truth with each other. Share stuff with each other. But look at this command as extremely, extremely sacred to where you don't dare leave this gathering without having changed something in your life.
0: All right. For those of you who have been reading along or listening along, uh, to to the book, uh, I think we could probably agree that this is the most uh, biblically obvious uh, chapter that he has. But it's, I think it's one of the toughest uh, in many ways, and so we'll we'll find out as we dig into it. Um, so in. Let's see Matthew twelve forty six through fifty says while he was still speaking to the people behold his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him but he replied to the man who told him who is my brother who is my mother and who are my brothers and stretching out his hand toward his disciples he said here are my bro- mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Um, I don't think by any means that Jesus was downplaying the importance of your blood family that God has given you. But it is important for us to realize that our family is not restrained to those that we are immediately related to. I think a lot of the times we, you know, I definitely have had levels of love that I apply to people in my life. I love my family the most you know my wife 's at the top, and then my parents and then my brothers and sisters, and then my in laws and then my friends you know and, and i I put them you know in these different levels of love, but jesus doesn 't do that. he loves everyone on the same page, um, and we as Christians want to strive for that, so he he titles this chapter the Gang because a good friend of his, he describes, came out of a, a life of a crime and was a member of a gang, and he had told him that he had experienced a lot more um, of the camaraderie and love that he felt should be in the church in the, in the gang that he had been in, uh, been a member of. And so... What are groups of people, you know, like, like gangs outside that display a great unity and a great love for one another, regardless of if they're related or not? Where, where do we see that? In, just in our world, not even necessarily. Uh, right, sororities and fraternities. Football teams, big in America. Yeah, volleyball and softball teams. They really can bind to one another.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I always think of Band of Brothers, that book and mm-hmm. uh, TV show that Tom Hanks produced. Or those those men came from all different parts of the country. They were unified by a very sort of traumatic, dramatic event.
0: Yeah, war binds, binds people together. Uh, going through great strife and ordeals. Um, you know, when people suffer tragedies like a hurricane, Hurricane Katrina, a lot of people find family that, you know, they become bound to just beca- just through going through that together. Um, any other thoughts before we move on? Yeah. 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 Yes, definitely. EMTs, firefighters, police officers, they definitely are, you know, forge those bonds of unity and love for one another. Um, But, you know, do we find that and more to a deeper level in the church? Do we find, you know, that sort of binding loyalty and love to one another? If I were you know i don't know if i would experience that if i traveled you know to another part of the con- our country and just went into a church and i'm a brother and you know would i experience that there and i i hope that when people come to our you know congregation here in Meadowlark that they can look at us and see wow these people really do love each other so what do you guys think do you think we do a good job here. Is that a problem in American churches, or do you think it's, it's not? Do you see something different?
3: Really are just singing together, but sometimes there are those relationships where you're like, man, you've seen each other you've seen each other hurt. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Definitely. Absolutely. Uh huh.
4: There are a lot of people
0: Absolutely. Just sharing that, sharing your emotions and being vulnerable with each other is, is a way that can bind you bind you quicker than anything, but that's one that we're often most hesitant to go into. Yeah. I don't, I don't think
3: it's a problem with metal art, that mm-hmm. you can always, I mean, love never ends, right? Love is eternal or without limits, right? So yeah.
0: absolutely we, we're always striving to improve and I think that's a key point that you made that we we can always improve our love and we can always increase yeah
5: I, I don't know how to-
0: Absolutely. No, yeah. I, I think you definitely have a point in regards to how when we don't when we're when life is easy, you don't have to rely on people. It's easy to, you know, isolate yourself, do your own thing. However, when, you know, I think that's a big part of what bonds people when they go through strife together is that it forces them to rely on each other and um, because it's, you know, do or die. Yeah. Am I going to take care of those around me or am I just going to take care of myself and it's very easy to take care of yourself and let others worry about themselves but we need to display you know an idea he talks about is you know the supernatural love a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Um, You know, Jesus says himself, you know, you have to love with the same love that I have shown you. You have to love one another, which that love is a completely sacrificial, selfless love that is void void of any sort of you know, return investment that he gave for us. Um, Jesus was able to, to do that, and he commands us, you know, a new commandment I give to you, to, to love each other with the same love. And so do you think that we take this commandment as seriously as we actually do? Because I think we, we, we know intelligently that we, you know this is serious. But do we live that out in our lives? Do we actually follow this command as a sacred ordinance of God just as do not murder, do not steal were commandments to uphold? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, well um, okay. If you say do not murder, do not steal, nobody misunderstands what
6: that means. hmm reconcile to provide the method by which we are reconciled to God. And mm-hmm. if we take that um, and we love each other with that in mind,
2: that's different than having just a, a fuzzy feeling for each other. Yeah.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I think sometimes, too, we get love and relationship confused with one another. No one's going to argue in here Jesus loved everybody. He gave his life for everybody. But if we look at his life, you know, the relationship he had as he preached a lesson to the thousands versus the relationship he had with 12 apostles for three years versus the relationship. Uh, he had with Peter, James, and John when he took them up to the mountain during the Transfiguration. And we know that he had a special relationship with John. So, you know, I cannot develop the same relationship with all 300 and some odd members of Metal Ark. Just by nature, I'm going to have a closer relationship with some versus others. But it doesn't mean I don't love them equally. I can tell you, as a matter of fact, I can go out on the highway, uh, there's an accident scene. a perfect stranger I don't know. I will risk my life to save them because I love God's creation. I love men. But I don't have a relationship with that individual. So I think we really need to look at Jesus' life. Yes, he loved everybody, but the relationships he had very. Greatly between the masses versus those had a very personal intimate relationship
0: with. Absolutely. I think that is a very important distinction to have in regards to loving having a love for everyone doesn't mean that you have to spend the maximum amount of time that you do with one person the same with everyone else around you, because that's impossible. Um, so I think that is an important distinction to make. Yeah. Okay, sure.
7: Yeah. Um, so, to your, to your question of, do we take this seriously? I think if if we come into the body into quote unquote church and we were there for us, for me, that goes against the definition of how Christ loved us. Because at the root of like, if we're supposed to love like He loved us, at the root of what He did is He humbled Himself in every way possible, all the way to death on the so we should be humbling ourselves to each other in, in every way possible. And we can pick apart what that means, but it's clearly more, a lot more than a feeling. It's, it's action. It's, it's, it's a lot of action. Mm -hmm. I think we need the Spirit's help to love people who sometimes we just kind of don't want to love. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think that ties in kind of with what Chappie was saying earlier in regards to our love can be ever-increasing. And as long as we're ever-increasing our love, as long as we're ever-striving to love one another, that we are, in so doing, fulfilling. Yeah.
3: I think that's the trick that's you know Jesus actually did the opposite thing with the, and Francis Chan did um where he looked at the gang and he said look at gangs are doing uh, Jesus said man, look at what these groups are doing he said he said the tax collectors and the Pharisees yeah. and he said man they all love each other and how are we different than them they all love each other and he said well the difference is this we don't just greet those who greet us we don't just love those who love us um Context of blessing those who persecute you and praying for those who spitefully use you, and so I think that's the real trick: is it's not just increasing my love for the people that are already lovely in in my, you know, estimation, right? Yeah. But broadening my horizon for who I'm going to love and bring
0: into that. Absolutely. Their love has strict boundaries and very strong defenses on. Who is allowed into that love? We are not to have that. We can't have that as a church. We can't say, I'm not going to love this person. I'm not, you know, we can't can't close that out. And I think that's absolutely right, you know, uh, that we have to love everyone. We have to love not only those who love us, but those who hate us because they're out there. Um... All right, any other thoughts? Okay. So, along with spiritual love comes spiritual unity. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me, the glory that you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I am them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. I think this is one of the most easily confused but also powerful uh, pieces of Scripture. Jesus is praying this, um, in the garden before his crucifixion praying this for us. Um, and so in regards to, you know, this love that we have for one another, you know, as we said, it's not just a feeling. It's accompanied with actions. We have to, we have, to have a unity. Now, what, you know, I think a lot of people define unity differently, but what do we see... As unity, true unity. You know, we see division in regards to really petty things, but what should unity be in the church? How can we be one?
3: Yeah.
6: the best
0: of each other. Absolutely. Sense, when somebody says something about somebody
6: um that's not good, I think it'd be better for us to assume that the accuser is wrong first. Yeah. And especially if you know the person you're talking about.
4: It. But we have to know each other well enough to, to be able to do that, right? Yeah.
0: Absolutely, that's what Satan has named the accuser.
3: One in my life is just don't get bored, and that's the trick card for everything. Um, whether it has to do with gossip, whether it has to do with negativity, whether it has to do with sin, uh, don't get bored. Uh, know what your task is. That's what that's what teams have in common. Yeah. Uh, you sit down in the middle of the field. You're not going to have as much unity with the team as you had before.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
3: You know, absolutely. Stay busy you know, uh, with what you're supposed to
0: be doing. I think that's absolutely right. And I think Vanna ties back, her her answer ties back to kind of what Steve say, was saying. You know, we, we need to submit, be submissive to one another in love for us to be unified. You know, no one, you know, a team that argues and points fingers, you know, that team isn't one that wins championships. Um, the team that that is able to to work together to submit to one another to to carry and lift each other up is the team that 's going to win um, Any other thoughts, yeah
4: Body, the same family, the same bride—that I'm a part of. So, and yet I understand what you're saying. But the challenge is, or the problem is, is that here in America, and maybe it's the Western United States especially, we are so done on independence. Absolutely. That we have to
0: absolutely you know we are without a doubt when we give ourselves our lives to christ and are and are baptized and brought into the into the church you know we're a we're we're laid into you know like we we're talking about uh, in in the past weeks we we are we now comprise the temple and an ununified temple is not a temple um it's just not—it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't work. You're either a unified Christian, part of the body, or you're not. But the, the trick comes, like you said, in how we live it and how we display it in our lives. Um, so for a spiritual checkup, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus' And your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul's letter to Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. Um, You know, you you had said that, you know, in America, we, we definitely like our independence, and we like being able to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. You know, I can do it myself. I need to take care of myself. But that is not, you know, that is almost counterintuitive thinking to what the church is to be in regards to helping one another, selling your land and laying the money at the apostles' feet to help one another. Um, You know, he talks at the end of the video, if you remember, he says that, you know, we really, he wanted us to get concrete in thinking, you know, how... How can we live this love? How can we live this, uh, this devoted life to one another uh, in a tangible way? Ways that we can, we can really see in our daily lives. And what does that consist of? Um, you know, when we read... So, just as a quick exercise... Oh, I have those slides mixed up. Let's go... Please turn with me to Acts... Two verses 42 through 47. It says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. So as we go through this, let's think about the qualities of, and actions that we're seeing displayed in the church. Um, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And then uh, chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, And not one of them claimed that anything belonged to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring their proceeds of the sale, and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as had need." So what are some characteristics that we see displayed, some actions and qualities in in the uh, in the early church? Yeah. yeah, the apostles. Yep. We don't have the the apostles performing miracles. That is that is a, absolutely a big factor. But what what else is there?
3: I think the other thing that you mentioned earlier, which is it's a blessing and a curse at the same time is comfort. Now, they're living in a time where they really don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also feel like sometimes we're not. Uh, we we don't have the pressure on ourselves that we need to do that. We see examples of it, but uh, the focus that that would have given that early church, you know, would have been incredible.
0: Absolutely, I think just what I've seen in in my in my short time here, in regards to uh, how metal Arc acts out this love is in the homeless ministry I see a lot of people sacrificing for the homeless ministry in this congregation what else so you said the apostles but in Acts 2 they say they were devoting themselves to the apostles teachings we have those don't we yeah Conviction absolutely a very a, a strong conviction you know he said in the video again that this is a very easy thing to be convicted of and change nothing, um, which I don't know if that's true conviction um, because I think if you're if you're cut to the quick, cut to the heart in a matter, you know you you really have have two responses you can either deny and turn away or you can humble yourself and 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 move forward um yeah so conviction is very important
3: i've always thought how crazy it would have been to go to church with people that were there at the resurrection and people that had been healed from leprosy and blindness and they, they're part of your assembly yeah you know and, and different today, you know, but it is important that, that word convictions create, that's so that's so important, you know, because I think absolutely. that's what i fall in love with just sitting and hearing the stories, you know.
0: absolutely yeah.
4: I don't know if it was in this chapter or one of the other chapters that Francis uh, brought up, the fact that a key component, a key word is that they Yeah. They didn't just-
0: Yeah. It's For commanded.
4: Heard, devoting ourselves to that individual, both in prayer and also if there's something personally that can be done or should be done.
0: Physical needs to be met.
4: Yeah. Out, okay, I've got to do something about this. And so as various members of the body especially are being injured by something, then my goodness, then the need to, to deal with that cacti uh becomes a very very strong priority.
0: Absolutely
4: but devoting ourselves to one another, devoting ourselves to the apostle teaching.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We can one another and that for one another, is if we first are vulnerable to
6: one another. Yeah. Because we can't be vulnerable with one another and confess ourselves to one another so we can be It's hard to get that closeness, that deep, adopted love. So
0: I think that's something that I wish we could work on. Absolutely. I think. I think it was Jeff had, had said, you know he would really be convicted by, by hearing you know the, about those stories of, of the experiences that people had. and I think that's crucial today. We need to hear one another. We have to talk. we have to listen. You know we can't just say, "How are you? How's it going? Good. Have a good week. Um, we have to be able to to encourage one another when we meet. Say, how are you? What, are you struggling with something? Yeah.
3: yeah. a crazy thought I've been thinking for the whole class, you know, goes to that vulnerability point. Uh, a good buddy of mine, when we were young, uh, we prayed together. He's the, he the coolest guy ever. Uh, the night before I was married, uh, he was one of my groomsmen. And uh, he kidnapped me that night. All my boys got me, and they were supposed to do something crazy to me. And instead, they took me to the church building and had a prayer vigil over me the night before I got married.
0: That's awesome.
4: Uh,
3: They're brothers in Christ, you know? And I remember we made a pact, you know, like kids do, but like men should do too, right? Yeah. And we made a pact and said, man, if either one of us ever fell away, the other would be there for you. I'm there for you, right? And so it's that devotion. Problem is, he did fall away. Won't answer a call. Won't respond to it. Hasn't been years. Won't even acknowledge that I exist. He's ashamed, and it's hard to be devoted to somebody that closes that door, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I've struggled with that, this question for a long time. God, what do you want from me? I want devotion. We made a pact, you know, and we all did. That's not just us. I made that pact when I was baptized with you, too. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, at that point, my vulnerability is huge. It's like, man, I'm devoted to you, but that door, shut in my face,
0: uh, it's, it's, it's tough. it is i mean there's there 's hurt, and there there is pain you know guaranteed in following christ he he tells it to us and you know the most painful of which i think is is losing a brother, losing a sister to uh, to the world and um you know, without a firm anchor without being devoted and not only your devotion but the rest of the church being devoted to you i mean it it 'd be an impossible task, an impossible thing to cope with um, and so you know we're we're running out of time, so as as we close out, I just want us to think about how we can devote ourselves in love and in unity to one another so that we may fulfill, you know, what the church is supposed to be. So that people around Fort Collins, when, when someone asks, have you heard of that, about arc Have you heard about those people over there? You know, they say, those people love each other. Those people care about each other, without a doubt. Um, those people, you know... I don't even know them, and they care about me. I hope that we can we can continue to strive, continue to perfect our love in Christ. Any final thoughts, or questions, or
2: comments? Just one real quick thing, and I think this ties into what Jeff was talking about. Nicole, Acts four thirty two up there. All the believers were in one heart and one mind, and we may not always. Agree one another, but if we share the same heart, then we can make ourselves vulnerable to each other. Without if, like, a doubt. If the same heart that Jeff has, I'm going to open up to Jeff, vice versa. I've got some friends who, when I left Meadowlark in 1980, moved down to Louisiana in the church, and we may go a year, two years without seeing each other, and when we get together, it's like we were never apart. It's because we've got that same heart, we've got that same mind. We don't see eye to eye on everything, but we share that common love, that common heart through Christ.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's do. Let's have a quick prayer, Fathers. We come before your throne of grace once more tonight. We just want to thank you so much for uh, this body of believers that we have to rely upon, that we have. To love, and we know we are loved by them. I just thank you so much for uh, for filling us and showing us your your love and how we are to do it so that we can have life because without it we're we 're utterly lost and utterly alone and I cannot thank you enough for that. Pray that we can. Continue to encourage and uplift one another to perfect that love in you. It's in your son's
4: most holy and precious name that we pray, amen.